Uh, are you rolling? Am I? I am, yeah. Hey, Brendan, what's up? Hi, Seton, how are you? Great, great. And uh, to you listening, welcome to Off the Seton Path. This is a podcast. It is a podcast. That you've, it is uh, uh, 2019. Downloaded, yeah. Is this the first one of 2019? This is the first one of 2019. Yeah, how about that? Um, how about that? And it's a good one. This is a banger, as they this say. Is, this is definitely a banger. We don't even have to talk during this one. Well, you talk during this one a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, I do talk probably too much. Well, um, but that's, I guess, I'll leave that's that up job. to the viewer. Yeah, this well, or listener in this pending. medium. On your perspective. Yeah, uh, we have a really great interview here. Well, I think it's great because he's uh, he was awesome. Uh, Frank Iero, he was in the uh, band. He's a guitar player for My Chemical Romance, and then he's got other side projects uh, like Weathermouth is one, which is a really cool band. You should check them out. Frank Iero and The Patients, uh, and there's a couple of other uh, iterations of, of yeah. that band, of his solo stuff. But he's a really nice guy, super cool guy. I met him last summer, actually, at a concert. And uh, he was awesome. He was a, just a super nice guy. And uh, we figured, why not give him a call, see if he'd do an interview. He drove into New York City, which was really thoughtful of him. And, uh, well, I don't know if it was thoughtful. Um, but he drove into New, York, into New York City from New Jersey, which was awesome. Um, and we sat down at a place called the Ear Inn, which is haunted. one of the oldest bars in New York City and is also supposed to be super haunted, which I thought, how perfect for a guy like Frank Iero, yeah. who seems to be into that kind of thing. He's got that sort of dark thing uh, going on. Black Parade? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that I mean, was... That's all there. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was wicked cool dude. First thing he did when he got in there, he's like, I'm going to go get a beer. Yeah. And then I have a camera on my shoulder. He's like, hey, do you want a beer? I was like, all right, this guy's good. Yeah, this he guy's gets good it. people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, I won't talk too much more about that, and I'll just let you get to the interview. But we do get into uh, all of his solo stuff. He's got a podcast now uh, that I think he's pretty pumped about. We talk a lot about ghosts, mm-hmm. and uh, we get into some stuff with My Chemical Romance, including the possibility of a reunion, dot, dot, dot. I'm uh, just going to leave it out Alexis. there. We do talk about that, despite the fact that I don't really think Frank wanted to. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but it was... Uh, uh, <laughs> You did the you did the classic like good interview like I gotta ask yeah I sorry I gotta I, ask I gotta ask you about this um, so he was uh, gracious enough to let me ask that question but anyway enough talking uh, here is uh, an interview with uh, Frank Iero enjoy all right so I chose the year in yes. to do this okay because it's it was built in the uh, 18th century okay it's supposed to be super haunted this is what I hear I heard that there would be drinks. And ghosts, and that was, you had me at both of those. Right, yeah, those are winners. Those are winners. And actually, the ghost, okay, so this place is supposed to be haunted by a ghost named Mickey. He's a drunken sailor. Which, if you're gonna be haunted by somebody, it might as well be a drunken sailor. See, I had questions about this. Yeah. Do ghosts, do they follow the same life that they had? Like, if you were a drunken life, do you, do you stay drunk right. as a ghost, or do you like? Are you constantly looking for your next drink? Yeah. Are yeah. you upset that you can't have one? Well, so the, the legend has it is that he. Uh, there's two ways that they think Mickey might have died. Okay. Either he drank himself to death sitting in one of these stools, okay. very possible, or he was hammered, walked outside, and got hit by a car. Oh. Either way, he supposedly. What happens to people here is they uh, get their drink and sit down at the table, and by the time they get down at the table, their drink is gone. No. So he'll drink your beer on your whatever you're drinking. What a shitty ghost. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say that, right? Oh, sorry. You're, right. No, you're okay. Yeah. The other thing that they say, too, is that there's apartments up here, and occasionally Mickey climbs into bed with some people, which is awkward. Whoa. I'd yeah. rather have him drink my beer, because if I'm sleeping, I don't want to be disturbed. Right, yeah. 
Is that how you, like the statement slipping a Mickey? Is that how that came from? I don't know. Maybe. It could be. All right, all right. Well, that's wild. That's strange. Uh, so you yeah. you believe in ghosts? I. Um, or do you? I should say. I would love to. Yeah. I want so bad to to believe in in, in ghosts or or just the, the the fact that there's something else. You know, I think that that's what's so appealing to me is that is that if there are ghosts uh, involved in in. <laughs> In our lives, then that means that this isn't the only thing, right? You know that there's there's something other than just darkness at the end of it. So I have a theory. Go ahead. This is what actually made me believe in ghosts officially. Okay, 100%. please. A dog whistle. Okay. So you know a dog whistle, right? right? Uh, you blow on it, and your dogs can hear it, um, but humans can't detect it because it's at just a different frequency. Yes. That you know our, our our ears for the most part aren't picking it up, but for them it's super loud and like they. So that got me thinking of if there's sounds out there that are happening that I can't hear because they're just at a different frequency, why wouldn't there be other beings around that my senses just aren't picking up? Different but for other people or for other beings like dogs, they always say dogs can see ghosts. Right. I think it all dogs really have are the answer. You think that's the, the that's the tie? I do. Yeah, Alright. I do. Alright. Yeah. So do you think all ghosts talk in a really high voice? That's the issue. It's possible. It's okay. possible. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's the uh, here's my question, right? Um, is that where do we, where do you draw the line? Like who gets to be a ghost and why? Right. And and if everyone gets to be a ghost, then it has to be so crowded in, in that ethereal plane. Yes. You know. And then also like if that's happening, then there's got to be ghosts that other ghosts really don't like, and they have to. There's probably like gangs. Of there might be some kind fighting, of turf. I would think. Yeah. Um, whereas now Mickey doesn't sound like all that tough of a guy here, why does he get to own the ear in? Yeah, like that's the thing, like he can't be the only one that died in, in the vicinity yeah. of the ear. There was know? another place around the corner called the Death House that I thought oh, was Oh, well, like, that sounds so much better. Whoa, bad. that sounds <laughs> really interesting, right. but like I feel like I don't want to put myself in those situations. Like, right. like I've never done a Ouija board. I've done that. Have I've done you? that at a haunted hotel. Get out of here. Yes. Yeah. And what happened? Well, I think somebody was pushing it. You do? <laughs> yeah. I think I think in order for those things to work, you have to do it with an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the only way it's really gonna it's gonna be any fun. It's, right. It's, it's like somebody's, somebody's gotta be. Yeah. yeah. Like you you be the guy. Yeah. You have to. You know. Um, so you're a skeptic. I I don't know if I'm I'm so much a skeptic. It's just that I feel like a lot of things are, are easily explained. Yeah. Um, and, and that's unfortunate. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I, I wish that it was. Uh, I wish that it was like, oh my god, like the the beer's not here anymore. It's like, right. oh, either somebody drank or it spilled out. Like, like maybe a, probably a more bartender messed with somebody or something. I don't know. But I would, hey, I would be upset though if this wasn't here anymore. Yeah. So I, I, I get that would. Be <laughs> I have had a history of thinking that I had a full beer and then it was gone and being like, wow, well, that was weird. That's happened. How did yeah. that happen? I have been haunted. <laughs> Better get another one. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I'm being haunted in bars all exactly, over the country. Exactly. Well, that's a th that was a, the interesting thing to me. It was like, we're going to a haunted bar. I was like, wow. Usually, I'm just haunted by the mistakes I've made <laughs> being at a bar, whereas an actual spirit is going to come. Like that's that's where I want to be. Right. Right. Yeah. Like this is not my mistakes here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm better causing me all this wrong. awful feeling <laughs> to guilt. Yeah. Right. Um, when you are traveling on the road, do you get to do you get to be a tourist, or is it too busy? I try to. Um, I feel like. 
in my my younger days, uh, I I didn't. Mm. I, I I really despised the travel so much that uh, I let it affect how I I toured. And it was like, oh no, I'm just gonna just do the shows and, and not. I don't even want to see anything else. I don't want to be here. Yeah. And nowadays, I I, I love you know going to, to new places that I've never been before, or even places that I've been a hundred times but haven't seen everything. Yeah. Um, I feel like maybe I'm a little bit more uh, relaxed in that 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 setting of of being a tourist, of being out, yeah, and being being out and experiencing things and, and not letting it kind of affect my show yeah. later on. Uh, I feel like it actually enhances the show later on. So yeah. I'm, I'm into it if I, if I have the time. But that's not that's the hard part, man. Like when when you're on tour, like the the one thing you 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 have is a lot of time, but it's a lot of hurry up and wait. Mm. You know, so you're kind of on someone else's schedule at all, uh, at all times. Yeah. You know, waiting for sound checks or uh, doing press or, or you know whatever it may be. You know. Do you downs. find so you've been in uh, you played massive places like you know Reading and Leeds and headlined that, which yeah. is crazy. Brian May comes out. Like, yeah. Oh my god. And then you played you know you started <laughs> played small. Places like the you played places like <laughs> here yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. it just as busy either? The bigger the venue, the more busy you get, or? It is. It, no, I, no, it's it's just, it's kind of the same, you know. It, it depends. Uh, festivals are just always hectic, mm. and, and uh, uh, there's a an added sense of uh, dread. I feel like with a festival yeah. because you know you're you're dealing with a, a lot of like no sound check, getting up on a stage where. Uh, a sound guy or monitor guy has just doesn't want to deal with your shit. Yeah, <laughs> Basically, yeah. he's like, I've had, I've done this 16 times today. Yeah, I'm gonna do it 60 times more, and I have a whole weekend yeah. of it. Like, right. just get up there yeah. and play it. You know, um, so that's a little rough. Um, things are usually broken by the time you get up there and play. Yeah, you know, th those kinds of uh, pitfalls. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, like regular venue type stuff, like yeah, it has its own. Uh, own issues, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, this the stress is always there, and, and there's something will always go wrong that will be a, a constant uh, succubus of time. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Well, I saw um, Jawbreaker oh, in wow. uh, Chicago for Riot Fest. Gotcha. And as soon as they come out, they open it with Boxcar, which right. is like a song everybody knows. That place goes bonkers, and uh, Blake, the you know lead singer, yeah. guitar player steps on his pedal first and it doesn't work <laughs> he's like this is like our big return in front of this massive audience that's how it is and he's like and you can see him looking over at the bass player like right. isn't this so typically us that's that's typically everybody yeah <laughs> right yeah it has to go like that yeah you know? and it's not a matter of like will it happen it's just like a matter of when yeah when's it, when's it gonna go yeah. wrong it's more about how you react to it happening because you know it's gonna happen yeah you'd like to think that no one else knows yeah, right. everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, right. everybody knows. Exactly. Yeah, you're like, yeah. oh dear. There's been definitely times where, uh, like, any, and it's, it's usually when you plan out like this, this huge entrance into something, or like, you know, and you're like, oh, we're really gonna like, we're gonna psych the crowd up by like, you know, we're gonna have the, the curtains like open, and we're gonna go one, two, three, and right into it. Yeah. And that's when the kick drum pedal will break, yeah. or something <laughs> of that nature. It's just like, yeah, you count into. Silence, basically. Yeah, right. It's like, all right. Yeah. It, puts you, it takes you down a couple of notches. When uh, we talk about, in sports, we talk a lot about uh, like places like Fenway Park and the ghosts of the people that have played there before, like Babe Ruth played there, right. and all these, you know, Ted Williams and all that. Do you, when you play a venue, a famous venue, do you feel that, it might not be ghosts necessarily, but that sense of history of, whoa, we're playing this place right now? There's definitely, yeah. There's definitely moments like that. It's funny, 
I, I recently went to go see um, the Queen movie, mm. right? And for the first half, I was like, oh, wow, this looks like a dramatization. I don't know if I like this. And then I, the last 20 minutes are basically uh, centralized around their uh, triumphant show at Live Aid mm. at uh, Wembley Stadium. Yeah, iconic, iconic performance. Yeah. yeah. And, and I feel like you don't really get to see that a lot in like, you know, um, movies about music or, or musicians where like they really like you go through every song, like five, six songs, like 20 minutes of them performing or lip syncing yeah. rather, you know, performing this. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And I started to think to myself, like I've had shows where I've played them and been like, this is a show I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. And, and you're like, wow, like that's really awesome. But I've also played Wembley Stadium opening up for, uh, for Muse one time. And I remember thinking to myself, like, this isn't going well. Oh, no. <laughs> so I got to watch that movie with, like, a tri people playing that venue with a triumphant gig. And yeah. be like, oh, I know what that's like, but not there. Yeah. <laughs> so my, I just hope that my movie doesn't end with my set there. That set there. <laughs> that set, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Hopefully wow. it's somewhere else. <laughs> you know, you don't think of so You just think of being in the moment and then. Yeah. How do you get a sense of when a show is going the wrong way? Oh, you just know. Just the crowd? Or is it you? Uh, or is it? It depends on, on the, on on the, the, the instance, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I've definitely had some moments where I'm like, oh man, this might be the last last time that everyone ever lets me get up on the stage. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. So there, there's those where everything that you try just goes wrong. Um, that's that's never fun. Yeah. It, and it, it, I feel like that the music business or the music industry is rough because like uh, you can you can go to school, you can go to college, you can you can get a degree, and you can you know say you, you pass the bar, you, you'll be a lawyer. Unless you do something really f like you're always going to be a lawyer. I'm going to take that away. From you. Um, but as a musician, as an artist, like you're only as good as the last thing that you did. Yeah. You, know, you can make like you know a beautiful piece of art, you know, like three records that are great, but your last record sucks or the last couple of shows suck. Like people would be like, oh, well, that guy's a has been. Yeah. You know so it, it's kind of rough. Like you're always trying to, to keep that that bar high. Yeah. And uh, and that's why when you have a really bad show, like you start to like really beat yourself up. And you're like, when's the next time I'm gonna be in this city to yeah. make this right? Yeah. yeah, yeah when's yeah, the next yeah, time yeah. I'm gonna be in exactly. Boston? Because I gotta. Yeah, I can't wait for no one to show up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 All of a sudden, his merch sales just dipped. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Great. Blew that's, it. Yeah. That, that's I think part of like you don't get into this business because you're confident. Like you get into this business because you hate yourself on such a, a pure level. <laughs> and you're yeah. gonna, you want something that you can beat yourself up with. You need to every punish night. yourself oh, on stage. It's like a, just a flogging. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's. Yeah, I've it's always a lot been... like drunk Mickey. <laughs> uh, yes, right. Yeah. yeah, and occasionally we all go down that same way. <laughs> you know. Um, aside from the haunted hotel Ouija board, what's the scariest place you've been? Is there a place that's been like super creepy that you're like, dang, I don't know if I'm cool with this? That's a really good question. Um, especially in my camp, we would search those types of places out. Like, like, oh, we've heard that this hotel is haunted. We've heard that this venue is haunted. Like, yeah. we want to take a tour. And there was one night where um, there's a venue in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, the Eagle Ballroom or the Aragon? I think it's called the Eagle Ballroom. It's it, actually where it's located is uh, the venue's here, and it's like down the block from the McDonald's where uh, Jeffrey Dahmer used to pick up like all his, yeah. his victims. So it's already got like a weird whole feeling thing. around it. Yeah. yeah. And deep down in, in in the bowels of that that venue, there's a it's like, a, like an old sports club. There's a huge Olympic-sized uh, swimming pool, and there's like locker rooms and all these different things. Uh, and so we would you know take tours of it. And I remember one time, I've been there a couple of times, 
one time in particular, after the show, it was late, um, and they had like this, you know, like shower rooms, and we had backstage rooms down there. And I went to, I was gonna go take a shower and then go back to the bus after the, uh, the night was over. And I remember hearing like uh, a lot of commotion, like uh, what sounded like to me like kids running around laughing and just like, you know, and whatever. And I thought to myself, all right, well, it must be like a cleaning crew or something, like brought their kids or yeah. something, you know, it was weird. And so I like looked outside and see anybody. And where the that shower room is is next to the Olympic swimming pool. That's now closed, and you can kind of go underneath it and, and check things out. It's really, really creepy. But I've never seen anything there. Yeah. And uh, and so looked out there. It was nothing. I was like, this is weird. I ended up taking a shower. Blah blah. You know, uh, heard you know chattering one more time, but couldn't find anybody. Later on, went back to the bus and I was like, yeah, I keep hearing like kids or something. I'm like, oh, there's. You know, I spoke to somebody at the venue that said nobody's ever, you know, no kids were there, but in that swimming pool that there was a drowning at one time. So, I don't know. I, mean, I just got chills Doesn't all the time. Doesn't that make you, Yeah, dude, oh, that's what I'm weird. saying. Yeah. Like, that their draft just blew in or I something. Yeah. Like, it's weird. I don't, but then again, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was like, you know, it was a high-pitched <laughs> cleaning crew. A high-pitched cleaning crew, yeah. yeah you don't know. You have no idea. Um, yeah, see, dude, that's super creepy. It's weird. But yeah. there's something great about being... Uh, Scared in that thrilling way, not scared in a in a yeah. real life or death way, but in a like, whoa, what's this is kind of weird? There's something about that it's rush. Unsettling. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do enjoy that. Yeah. You know, I, I, and I really enjoyed it until uh, my until my children got old enough to realize that scaring people is funny. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and my daughter, especially my daughter Cherry, she's eight years old now. But she loves to scare people, and yeah. her you know, like she'll, she'll like hide behind doors and like jump out at you. Yeah. And I'm now at an age where I think I might have a heart attack. Yeah, and you're like so not what? cool. Yeah, and now it's yeah, now I really hate it. Yeah, like I've, I've survived rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. need to survive my eight year old. I survived the the troop of, of ghost children at <laughs> yeah. the Eagle Ballroom, yeah. and now I come home and die. Yeah, yeah, trying to put you to bed. Your their kids are at an age that Halloween is like prime time for. I know in my house. Yeah. Oh, with my son, it's like Halloween is a big deal. Oh, they love it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you go big? Or? I do. It's actually it's that's my birthday too. Oh no, kidding. Yeah. So oh, cool. That's like that's my favorite holiday, and uh, and my kids have actually now adopted that as their favorite holiday too. Yeah. And I keep saying, isn't it so much better than Christmas? Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you get dad something really good. For yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, it's like look, everybody yeah. dresses up for my birthday. Exactly. That's yeah, we're this all is. celebrating this. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's a big deal at our house. Do you have a, a like? Best costume? Um, I, I mean, I'm not trying to brag, but I'm pretty good at the costume. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I perfected it over the years. I, I had a slump when I was young. Yeah. About three or four years where I was just Freddy Krueger at the same costume right, for right. three or four years. Yes. And then somebody woke me up, I think, a bit, and then I started to get a little bit more uh, inventive with things. Yeah. Um, this past year, I actually had a working birthday, I had a working holiday, so uh, I did have a costume in mind, but I didn't get to dress up, which was really, it was really depressing for me. Um, yeah. But last year, I was Don Mattingly, and I really pulled it off really yeah, well. Sick. I was Donnie Baseball. <laughs> and uh, the year before that, I was Sadness. No, do you go, do you go uh, stash? No, I didn't. I, I did, I did stash. Yeah. And then I did, uh, I did the, the, like, the party in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. It's awesome. It's Donnie good. Baseball is a legend. Yes, absolutely. Especially when I'm here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, you're you're right in it for sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 Did you record an album in a mansion in L.A.? Oh, no, there was a bad downstairs. Yes, kind of. Which, it's, yes. Sounds creepy as hell to me. Yes, it was. 
that actually was was supposedly haunted as well. Yeah. Um, I heard thing. All right, so I'll I'll move backwards. Uh, so what we did was we 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 lived in and wrote the record in the Paramore House in in L.A. It's yeah. up in the hills somewhere, and it's it's basically yeah like a haunted mansion. Yeah. Um, we did some recordings there, but none that that made it to to the actual record. And this the, the record that we were making at the time was called Blackbird. Where I lived was uh, there was the the main house was say like. Uh, kind of long like this way and then there was a pull outside and there was an, like a spire that you could kind of do like a circular stairway up to and that's where I stayed. Um, in that room... Which isn't creepy. <laughs> yeah. no. Not at all. Not yeah. at all. I slept up yeah. here yeah. and just perched, yeah. thing, like, perched uh, in a spire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you're like, that's the one <laughs> that's I want. The one. Yeah, exactly. I, I guess, yeah, I was really looking for an experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, the story goes that... Uh, Merle Haggard stayed in that room at some point. All right, and met what he claimed to be a ghost, and it was a it was a, a lady ghost, and uh, and apparently he wrote when he whenever he wrote songs up in that room in the spire room, he uh, she would she would come and, and visit him and they would write harmonies together, and so that was that was my room. I never saw anybody, but I did hear things in the walls, which I kind of assumed were records. Yeah. But maybe it was Lady Records that had a really good voice. I don't know. There I mean, could be a lot of I don't know. things creaking or <laughs> I don't know. Could yeah. have been Merle. I don't know. Right, right. Which could explain why the record did so well, too. This I mean, you've possible. got other forces yeah. getting in. And like, there were a lot of voices. See, I was not the only one that had an experience, though, in that house. I know Mikey and Gerard. Mikey had a room that he refused to sleep in. Yeah. And he actually ended up sleeping on, like, Gerard's floor for a long time. We, we were in that house for months. And, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I, no one really had a great time. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know. That's awesome. Yeah. It was it was a cool experience, though. Yeah. that's like, That feels like a whole other different. I mean, things happened for my chem pretty quickly, it seems like. In the span of a few years, it went from like zero to yeah. 100. Yeah, in the, in the very beginning, it was it was pretty. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a lot different than like pretty intense. getting some studio time and going to cut an album as quick as you can versus, all right, we're going to take up this house. Yeah, well. Move yeah. in all of our equipment. Not to sound like an old. Buddy, but like times were different back then where yeah. you know the budgets were, were you were able to have like those months to kind of sit in a haunted house and write yeah and uh i'm glad i feel like that was like the tail end of that in the, in the music industry and we were we were very happy to be a, a part of it yeah oh yeah no yeah, yeah. you caught that tail end there of yeah. like, I mean, like yeah let's like, just blow it out when we were kids like metallica was like holed up and like yeah what i imagine was pool cabanas <laughs> for like for years yeah you know, main writing records and stuff like that so yeah uh, yeah we, we caught the telltale end we got a haunted house for a couple of months how, how do you know when a song is done when you're writing it uh a better person than i has, has, can be quoted as saying uh you don't ever finish a record you just re relent yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to kind of just be like i kind of i have to let go you know what i mean i there's nothing more I can do that will make this better. I'm just going to make it worse. Right. Um, and I feel like that's, you know, with a lot of art, like, there, there's, you can always do more. Right. Should you do more? Probably yeah. not. Yeah. You know? um, then again, you know, there's some songs where it just, it needs to be just a very succinct, uh, you know, simpler the better. But 
it's hard to see the forest for the trees sometimes. That's obviously. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, what about the difference between writing? I mean, I'm assuming you just sort of always write, but writing for uh, yourself and then versus writing with a band. Yeah. Is there one you prefer? Um, I mean, I'm sure they're both great in their own ways, but they are, they, yeah, they're so different. That's the that, that's the thing. I've always been a fan of of uh, that collaborative effort. I, I I like that when you're when you're in a, a band of friends, like people that you respect musically, of course, but also that you get along with. It's fun to to try to impress each other and like be like, oh, look at this thing I came up with, like, and then that inspires someone else to do something else, and you kind of just make this crazy Scooby sandwich out of it. Yeah, it just kind of layers up, you know. Um, and that's really fun. The the thing about you know writing for yourself and just as a solo artist is that uh, there's a sense of uh, accomplishment because nothing makes the record that you didn't come up with just, you know on your own. Yeah, you know, it didn't come from your head or your heart. Like it's not there. Yeah. And um, and the other great thing about it is that sometimes certain ideas take a little while to flesh out. And if you can't immediately. Uh, make someone else see the potential in something, it's able to be kind of bulldozed over if you're working with a bunch of different writers. Right. You know? And be like, oh well that's not working, we'll get back to it. You never really get back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you if you write something even if it sucks but you see potential in it, you can chase that to the end of the year. Yeah. And that's really cool. Well yeah, there's gotta be a very uh, like sort of I don't know if it's democratic or just the idea of working with people and delicately being like, I don't know if I'm feeling that. Which I'm sure it's hard, man. I get in both situations where somebody's like, "Yo, that fucking sucks." Yeah, you know? and, and I don't like, like your face. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? Yeah, it's kind of rough. Maybe man. we've been in this mansion too long. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah. But I've also been in situations where people like are really kind about it. But even when they're so kind, yeah. you still feel like a piece of shit inside when someone doesn't like it. Yes. Yeah. It's hard. Man. Yeah. You know? and, and I feel like the older you get. Uh, maybe the more able you are to, to deal with that type of rejection, be like, ah, well, I'll get them next time, or like, yeah. you know, like, oh, I'm gonna take that home. I'm gonna really work on it really hard and bring it back, and they're gonna they're gonna understand later on. But some, yeah, part of you also is like, that. Guy. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> like, dude, screw you, dude. Yeah. Fine, I'll save it for my own. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how do you know too when a song, if you're writing, uh, how do you know if this like this is just for me or this is for them? This is for, this, this feels more like a Leathermouth song. Or yeah. this, I mean, granted, there's obviously huge differences in the, the yeah, music the that sound, you're making yeah. there, but. You know, um, sometimes it, it just, it speaks to you, you know, on a level. It, it depends too, I feel like if you're, if you're writing lyrics to it, mm. um, could, you, could you see yourself kind of handing those over and letting someone else, um, you know, emote those emotions? Mm. Uh, would, it, would it feel, uh, contrived to somebody else saying your words, you know? Or if you're like, I just have music here, I don't know what to do, you know, uh, vocally or something. Yeah. Like that. That's a good one to pass off. Yeah. Um, but usually for me, I, I kind of, I jump from project to project and I, I, I think I, I start, I write within that project. I don't ever, you know, write a song uh, like, oh, I'm going to hold on to this because this is going to be good for that this one. This is what you're focused on. Yeah. So this is sort of where your headspace is. Yeah. And if I hit a block within that project, I move to the next project and I start writing that. You yeah. Know? So I'm not ever just writing, you know, in a broad stroke where I'm like, oh, well, this could be for this, this could be for this. It's always like, all right, I'm focusing on this one. I'm focusing on this one. Yeah. Um, so new projects. Now, so you're used to the music world, but you're dipping your toes into a whole new venture. Yeah. 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 
of podcasting. Podcasting. Yeah. Yes. It's it's strange to me. I was like, I, I didn't know really what a podcast was for a very long time. I was like, well, it's just people just talking into a recorder. Yeah, you just kind of sit All and right. talk for a little while, and then uh, so here you go. And that's it. Yeah. I was like, wow. Why do people listen to that? <laughs> you know, yeah. And then I actually started to listen to them. And uh, I was like, oh, all right, I get it now. And it's just so happened that uh, a few of my friends, uh, my friend John Hambone uh, and my friend Sean Simon, who are were in a band that I, I did very, very early on my career called Pensy Prep. Yeah. Um, we just were looking for, for an excuse, I guess, to hang out and talk. And we were like, well, we go to lunch, you know, every couple of weeks and and yeah. Why? If we were to record this, like, I think people would get a little bit more insight into other things. And uh, Sean, of course, from from music stuff, branched out and he started writing comics. Uh, he ended up writing uh, True Lies of Thaddeus Killjoy with Gerard. Um, he wrote Art Ops, and he's working on something new called Wizard Beach. But uh, so he brings in uh, kind of a different realm to the, to the podcast. So like, we, we can talk to a blue in the face about writing music and touring and stuff like that. But I feel like. Uh, his his venture into into writing comics and actually starting to write prose and stuff like that and trying to write a novel is a is a fun uh, you know conversation to have about you know like creativity mm. and um, inspiration and things like that. So uh, we've been having a really good time. The, we, the first uh, two episodes are out. The third episode's coming out in a couple of days. Yeah, it's called Casual Interactions, and uh, it's yeah. it's one of my my favorite projects I've ever worked on. Because it's just so much fun. Yeah. Well, you need, if, especially when you get older and you have kids and responsibilities and stuff. It's hard to figure out time to hang with your buddies. It is. It really you is. You know. But now when you make it work, you know, like work. That's my advice. I feel like yeah. yeah if you want to hang out with your friends and drink, like turn yeah. a recorder on and then you can tell your wife you're working. Yeah. Be like, yeah, I, it's, it's been a week. We work. got a podcast. We got to get out. Yeah. I got. I have to do this yes. right now. Yeah. She's like, yeah, but at like 8:30 on Friday night or whatever yeah. at the bar. Like, yes. There you this go. Is... Like right now, if there wasn't a camera on us, like we'd be. Uh, right, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going to a haunted bar with my friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, some beers. This is exactly what I just. I, so we're, me and Brendan are sitting at a bar uh -huh. in uh, Houston, right? Houston. Yeah. And uh, we're like just drinking and trying to figure out a show to do or whatever, and uh, getting kind of in our cups a little bit. And I'm like, well, I really like interviewing bands in bars. Right. And then we're like, what if we made a travel show out of it, and just did like because you guys you're saying you travel all over the place. Yeah. Uh, James from Against Me. Right. Anytime I'm going to a new city, I'll throw out on Twitter or whatever, like, hey, uh, what's the best place, a bar in Minneapolis or whatever? And he's he, got 17. He definitely knows. He's got oh 17 of like, oh, make sure you get the burger here and the like burrito there or something. Yes. Or like, you know, he's all over the place with it. And I'm like, God, these they, you guys are just a limitless like fountain of knowledge for See, travel. Bowman's bad, uh, bad influence for me though, because he, like when he sends me stuff, it's like music stores I have to go to, yeah, uh, or like record stores, and it's like, yeah. man, like, like yeah, it's just killing my bank again. Right? Yeah. How am I shipping this <laughs> exactly. like new stack exactly. back to my house? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I ner actually on the way down, oh. I nerded out a little bit on uh, your guitar rig. Oh really? Yeah. You know that like equip board. Um, there's like a website. Oh, okay. Right. That I think it's all unofficial. Okay. But they'll do. Uh, it's got everybody's. Really. Uh, and like, so you're on there, and it's got all of your the guitars that you've been seen using, okay. pedals, and sometimes oh, it's just a random picture from a fan on the right. stage, and it's like, I think that's, you know, uh, you know, I love what our big muff or whatever. You know, right. I don't think you use one of those, but. Um, Oh, what was it? Uh, swollen pickle. Yes, I do That's like swollen pickle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've actually passed that along though to my brother-in-law, who uses it in the band. He plays guitar in uh, in my solo project, 
And, uh, and so he uses that yeah. a lot. And I actually ended up getting uh, an older, like 70s tall font Big Muff that I've been using. I actually finished a record um, three weeks ago. And that's oh, okay. on there a bunch. So oh, I'm yeah. pretty excited about that. Yeah, right yeah. on. I know. I can get lost in that stuff. Ah, I'll just spend all day on the internet looking at friggin' pedals and stuff. And you're yeah. like, I don't, I don't even, like, I mean, I play, but I don't ever play out. I don't, it's just in my <laughs> home, you know? That's fine. And my wife is like, man, that's a lot of pedals <laughs> for a dude who doesn't even, like, record music. And I'm like, yeah, you're but like, I that's make, my tone, You honey. hear these sounds? Yeah, I'm like, babe, I'm trying to find my tone. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I haven't played out yet. I haven't found the right tone. Yeah. I'm and you're like, interrupting me. I'm writing songs. I'm creating in here. Just leave me alone. Yeah. But you that's can get awesome. lost in that stuff. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is, like, you know, like, uh, each one is different, man. They're all like snowflakes, dude. Like, yes. like, oh yeah, this is a distortion, but this is a fuzz, and this is an overdrive, and this is a preamp. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then dialing each one in. Oh man. When and you plug in another, switch the order. Oh my gosh, you switch the whole, order, and it's, it's like a whole new world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. No, it's crazy. Uh, we just moved about four years ago. We moved into a new house. Okay. And um, it was built in like 1880. Oh. So you know, New England, everything's old. Yeah. You know, a lot of stuff is really old. And uh, so I got like one room that I can sort of, I call it the music room, right? Okay. You set up, got my guitars in there, amps, all that stuff, it's right. cool. Uh, but when we were, that was one of the main selling points for the house for me. It was like, oh, I'd have space to just sort of do this. Not that I need it necessarily, but it's nice to Still, have. yeah. And um, so we're closing on the house and the real estate agent is like, all right, cool. So uh, inspection's good, you know, like running through all of that stuff. Um, uh, the playscape is going to stay. You know about the garage that needs to be fixed. Um, there's some stuff upstairs they need to take out. And of course, you know about the dollhouse. And we're like, uh, no, what dollhouse? And they're like, the dollhouse in the basement. I'm like, what dollhouse in the basement? She's like, you didn't notice the. I'm like, no. She's like, oh, well, for the last five owners, this dollhouse has been in the basement and it sort of comes with the house. It stays in there. No one's ever removed it. And I was like, nope. <laughs> Um, forget it. I don't want the house. Forget. That's now. There's nothing inherently weird about the oh, dollhouse. Yes, but when it, when they say it like that, <laughs> oh yeah. Like oh, and of course you know about the dollhouse, right? Like, oh, that's no? that's a what deal ender right there. Yeah. Fuck. Look at the. And then so then I started developing this whole theory that what happens is if you do something in the house or uh -huh. somehow disrespect it or something or get on the bad side of whatever spirits are living there, you're shrunken down yeah, into a miniature person. Yeah. You're doomed to live in the dollhouse oh, for man. eternity. You know what movie really freaked me out as a kid was uh, uh, Cat's Eye with that little uh, elf guy yeah. who you know, kind of like goes in a room and he has that little knife and he tries to steal the breath of the little, little kids. You know but if, I feel like if you live in a dollhouse like that, you probably have to steal child breath. I feel like I've I seen think. the cover of that VHS yeah. tape. Oh, it's so Yeah, is uh, that your favorite uh, horror movie? Are you a horror movie guy? I do like them. I do. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I wouldn't say connoisseur. I would say kinda. Yeah. Kinda. <laughs> uh, but that, that, I, here's the thing, I really bonded with my dad, like, of course, my dad was a drummer, so we bonded over music, but the other thing that we bonded over was horror movies. Yeah. So, like, you know, Vincent Price and stuff like that, and then I kind of convinced him to, like, show me other stuff that I wasn't supposed to see yet. Yeah. And we would just, on the weekends, like, we would just watch horror movies constantly and listen yeah. to records. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, uh, that's, yeah. I remember, but, like, certain ones leave that impression on you. Definitely. You know? Some of them are just leave the impression because they're weird, some are gory, some just scare the out of you. Yeah. Some. You What's know. your favorite? If you uh, have well, you know, as a kid, 
I really, it's like kind of basic to say, but uh, like Halloween really scared okay. me actually, yeah. just because there was something about the face, and I, you know what really does Shatter truly man. terrify <laughs> me? Is, yeah, yeah, he's a scary dude. Yeah. Um, random acts of violence really yeah. scare me. Mm -hmm. You know, like that, that's something that actually, if like that movie, The Strangers. Oh yes, I love that movie. That's, I wouldn't, I won't go see this, the second one. No. Because I think they ruined it, but that movie is terrifying. I got into, I got about 20 minutes into that movie and I looked at my wife and I said, I think we just made a huge mistake. I don't think that we should be watching this because it just, there's yeah. something about, like they're sitting there, there's this young couple, they're working out, they're, should we stay together, should we not? And the whole time there's these people in the room with them and they have no idea. No idea, yeah. Holy I saw that movie Dude, that's in, in theaters, right? It was like a midnight showing, right? Because I wanted to see it really bad, and that, the night it was, it was maybe like a Thursday night or something like that. So we went to the midnight showing, me and my wife and a friend of ours, and we're in there, and all of a sudden this lady rolls in a baby carriage and sits down like in like the front row, and it's packed. I mean, it's packed. I'm like, that's really kind of weird, odd, but whatever. So the movie starts, and all of a sudden the baby wakes up and is terrified, and is like, what? It's fucking midnight like <laughs> why am i here yeah, right. and so the baby starts screaming and uh and and so everybody's like oh like what are you doing here and she stands up and goes deal with it and so the guy behind me goes put your titty in its mouth and it was the greatest thing i ever heard out of a movie in my entire life and it was actually almost better than the movie because when do you get that experience you never get that experience ever again put yeah. your titty in its mouth put your titty in its mouth <laughs> I mean, could have worked. Great. I don't know. And that's the stranger. <laughs> that was that's, the stranger. That's yeah. what you took yeah. away from that movie. Yeah. 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 Wow, that's great. Yeah. That's a serious experience. That's what you get at a midnight show in the That's true. Movie. This is true. You yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so what? So you have a podcast coming out. What else is going on now? You did. Uh, Frank Aaron Patience was. You that. did. You released something last year, but the. Two years ago, so yeah. So two last years out. ago was the, the last full length, yeah. uh, and then we did uh, an EP last year. Um, finished recording the new record, like I said, about eh, three weeks ago. Yeah, and that will be out. Uh, I believe we haven't announced it yet, so I'm thinking it's. Is this news? Are this we breaking is, news? We're breaking news. Is this an exclusive? <laughs> yes, it might be wrong though. I don't yeah. know. You never know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe April May. Yeah. I think is what we're, we're discussing right now. Do you have to shop labels and all that? It's it's strange. Uh, you, we're, we're starting a new relationship with a new label. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. Um, but again, it's 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 all new, and uh, and and the paper should be signed this week. Yeah. So I probably shouldn't say anything else. <laughs> yeah. No. We'll Mickey, unless Mickey has anything to do with it. I don't know. <laughs> um, so about two years ago. And I won't get into it too much, but, ahead, yeah. but I have to ask. Yes, yes, yes. Like two years ago, uh, anniversary of Black Parade, everybody kind of went oh. bonkers thinking uh -huh. about a reunion. <laughs> right? It, that did happen. Here's the thing. Um, well, was it two years ago, was it? Well, it would have been 2006, did that come out? Right. Okay, oh, it's in 2018, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so it would have been like yeah. two years ago-ish. So what happened was um, we, <laughs> We, we wanted to do a 10-year uh, anniversary release of it. Yeah. And and we had like some demos left over and, and, and songs that didn't make the record. And we're like, oh, cool, like we'll put it all together. 
and and every year we meet we have like a barbecue kind of thing and we like well that's like we'll have the barbecue kids will hang out and then we'll discuss business for like the next year yeah basically and so we're like oh that'd be really cool yeah we should do like a, like a little teaser trailer for it and and so like we said all right that that's what we'll do and we you know told the label we want it and they made this this trailer and we released it and all of a sudden we're like oh wait <laughs> everyone's everyone's real confused because <laughs> we're just doing an anniversary we're release just, yeah. not a tour and then we had to like <laughs> come out and be like oh that was we were just excited yeah, at the barbecue it made a lot more sense yeah, yeah. it was much more clearly yeah, defined so at the barbecue but here's the thing, you know, we've, we were always like a theatrical band, so like yeah. we wanted to continue in that fashion, but when you're not a band any longer, it's probably harder to do that. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't realize. I was always, I'm always fascinated that there's business, bands will say like, no, they're breakup or they're not together, they go on hiatus, whatever right, the right yeah. wording is, um, but there's still always business to be done. Like, you'll read, uh, I like reading music biographies. Okay. And uh, it'll be like, the worst breakup ever, Van Halen still has to get together once a year to sign papers. You know, and you're like, oh my yeah. god, man, that must be so crazy. You Especially know? if you hate each other. That's oh, gotta yeah, be really yeah. awkward. Yeah. Oh, it's gotta be super weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, well, 2020 is coming up. Uh-huh. Uh, that would be another anniversary for um, you guys. For what? I don't know if you're, isn't Danger Days? That is that, was be? that 2010? I think so. All right. I think that's 2009. I'm just giving you the heads up. Hey, just another opportunity to disappoint people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Um, that's good. Is that sort of a, there's got to be a blessing and a curse in that pressure on you guys where, yeah, I, like, people want you to, which right. is really great and you have that option, but then they also expect you to, which is sort of like, just, right. let us figure this out. I imagine it's a lot like the holidays you know, and you go to like your family and they're like, you should marry that dentist. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, like, you should go back to school. And you're like, ah, yeah, yeah, that's not really, you know, we're, I'm doing, yeah. I got this thing happening. I'm doing like, yeah. yeah, but that was so nice. What'd you do? Right, right, yeah. Well, you could have been. What whatever. about that nice thing? Yeah, you're like, exactly. You know? um, here, the, the, the weird thing about it is, is that we all still get along really well. Yeah. Um, it's just that we're kind of, uh, focused on, on on other aspects and other projects, um, and I feel like when when the band when we knew the band was was over, we we didn't want to do the hiatus thing because I feel like that leaves this weird um, open ended you know discussion of you know when is it you know when's it going to come back when's it going to come back you need to be hounded by that and you can't really focus on anything else you're doing yeah because you're just going to be hounded by you know these these questions of that. Little did we know that would still happen. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. But uh, we thought, like, all right, well, if we're going to end it, we're going to put a bullet in its head and end it the way that we started it, you know, for all the right reasons. Um, yeah. As far as, you know, it being, uh, it, it's crazy to me that the band is almost bigger now than it ever was when we were doing it, mm. you know? And I feel like that's really interesting and, and, it, um, and really flattering that it's taken on a life of its own and passed on to younger generations. Um, that's how I found out about bands, you know? Sure, yeah. You know, older siblings or older you know, friends like would be like, yeah. oh, yo, listen to this, they feel like this is the real You're listening to some stuff that you think is cool, but it's not, like listen to this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's rad, man. Like, I, 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 I love being in a band like that. Yeah. It's strange to me when I'm 
touring currently on a project and say like you get a cover of a magazine for that project and then two months later you're on the cover of the same magazine as a legendary artist. <laughs> I'm just like, oh shit, that's real weird. Like, I didn't yeah. get that old yet. <laughs> yeah, I can't be a legend. But kind of. How can I? How can I be a legend? That's you know what, man. That's what I love though about uh, like or not people. Legend, I'm sorry, classic artists. Oh, a classic. Yeah. I don't want. Oh, I don't want to go. I, yeah. When I first started in radio, I, one of my first jobs was at a classic rock station, and they were playing Nirvana and stuff like that. And I'm like, hold up. Yeah. What? That's that's scary. How is that a classic rock? They're ten years. It is, man. That's it. I know. Um, I love though that there's people our age because we're pretty pretty close. I'm forty. Okay. Um, Thirty-seven. And so we, uh, a, a lot of times, like my friends are like, "Dang, he's still going to shows or whatever, doing this." And I'm like, "Yeah, but everybody that I'm going to see is my age." Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's exactly. not like like there's a there's a lot of us that still like you just it's not let go, but it's just who you are. Yeah. In a way, and now I'm not a musician or anything like that, but I'm still so into all of the same things when I was 16 somehow. I'm just an adult about it now. I hear ya. You yeah. know? It's strange to me too, like, a lot of those bands that we both grew up listening to are kind of having this resurgence and, and new fans are coming in. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really awesome to see, like, those bands kind of get their, their just dues. Yeah. You know? And you're going to be in that loop. Well, see, I don't Which know. Is, I mean, it's nuts. I mean, here's the thing. You got to think about this, right? Like, like the last show that the Misfits ever played. Yeah. Right? Not now. But Not like, the new. No, yeah. yeah. But, like, when they were doing it. I mean, how many people did they play to? 800, maybe? Like, that was yeah. have to be a lot, right? I know they played Irving Plaza at some point. So the cap on that now is, like, 11. But back then, I think it was less. Let's let's say let's say 1,000 people. That's huge numbers for punk rock, right? For underground punk rock. That's crazy. Yeah. What did they get paid for it? I don't know. I mean, could they have gotten if five grand? Yeah. That's a lot. That'd be a lot back then, right? Yeah. Now, like they're headlining Prudential Center. The Prudential Center. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. And they'll only do it for a minimum and a like minimum. a whole like yeah. Oh Woo! That was a ride. Wow, that was wow. a roller coaster ride something. of yeah. Mm. yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, he's a cool dude, man. He's funny. Too. What a really nice guy. He seems like a, he seems like a prankster. You know what I mean? Yeah. He seems like he would be a guy that would uh, be fun at a party. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he had a pretty good time. Yeah, I think definitely. he had a pretty good time. Uh, and you know he. Um, one of the things that I love about interviewing people now, especially bands like that, a lot of these guys are my age, and we're sort of all in this same stage of life where we're all married, we're all having kids, we all have families, uh, but still go to shows and stuff. Yeah, maintaining the other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I love uh, sort of relating to people on that level where – you know, Frank is talking about, look, we could both talk about taking our kids to soccer practice. And he's like, oh, yeah, the other parents will drive you nuts or something. You know, he's right in that same space. Yeah. Um, which is which is pretty cool. And that helps me whenever I start thinking to myself sometimes where I'm like, I don't know, I'm 40 years old. Maybe I should, like, move on. Uh, but I just can't, you know. It's just part of who you are. It's just part of your DNA, I think. Yeah, you just keep it in balance. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Like, I'm not stage diving anymore, <laughs> uh, but I still like going to shows. I still like watching bands, and uh, people like Frank Iero, uh help me maintain that and feel like, yeah, see, it's not just me. I'm not, yeah. all, I'm not the, always the old guy there. Mm -hmm. There's other people. Yeah. They're all holding on. I love it. Yeah. I'll get there someday. Yeah, yeah, you will. It happens. Yeah. I just found a, uh, 
a gray hair in my eyebrow. Oh my god! And that was you know at, at the Milford studio we have um and when you go into the bathroom we have like diva lights you know yeah uh, where it's like these big bright TV lights so you could put on makeup and stuff even though we don't use makeup um it's still uh, for some reason I had those on and it was one of all of a sudden the light was shining it was like the North Star <laughs> it, it was just shining so bright out of my eyebrow and I was like oh I must have something there and I just wiped my eyebrow. And then I got in closer and looked and saw it was a gray hair. Whoa. I have gray hair on, on my head. I've got a bunch of gray hair, like, in my actual the head on my hair. And I have a bunch in my beard. And neither of those bothered me. But something about gray hair in my eyebrow, I was like, oh, crap. That's, I'm getting just, old. It's just seeping in slowly. <laughs> yeah. It's slowly spreading. <laughs> yeah. You're going to let it ride, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I got no problems going, going gray or yeah, getting Going old. gray is sick. Yeah, I'm cool with it. Yeah. I'm cool with it. Oh yeah, uh, lean into it. And anyway, like I sort of I have a a youngish looking face. Mm-hmm. Um so I actually don't mind the gray helping age me a little bit. So so people I feel like they're going to take me a little more seriously. <laughs> yeah. With gray hair. <laughs> like oh, this guy's seasoned. Oh, uh, yeah, he's seasoned, right? Yeah. Right. He's not just some stupid kid. Yeah. When I first met you, I had no idea how old you were. I was just cuz it could have just been like any end of the spectrum. Yeah. And I've been like, oh, yeah, sure. He's right. 45. Well, no, he's 32. <laughs> yeah. And somebody in L.A., I'm not going to name who, is just like, because uh, I'm 28 and you are 40. 40. And he was just like, I made a suggestion on a video and the guy responded. He was just like, he's like, listen, I'm not going to question two 30-year-olds on their, their taste. They're going to know better than me. And I'm like, Okay, well, both of that, that, that's just wrong, but that's fine. Oh, because you're not 30? I'm not 30. You're yeah. not 30. Oh, was it about me? It was about you and I. We both had an opinion about a video that we really liked, and he's like, huh, I don't quite get it, but I'm not going to question two 30-year-olds. <laughs> like, I'm 40 years old. <laughs> oh he God. should know that. Right, right. Well, that's right. the thing Like people do often because I sit at the board on the Dan Patrick Show, and I run, and that's like a, that's an entry-level radio job, mm-hmm. you know, and I just sort of... Even though I'd been working in the business for a while, when we first started the show, I was the only one that knew how to do it, really. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, yeah, cool. I'll do that. No problem. And it's, you know, like a tenth of my responsibilities on the show. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times when people see the show or like people in management, they're like, oh, well, you're the board hop. And I get not offended by it, but I'm like, hold up. No, I'm not the board hop. I just run the board. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I've moved on since yeah. those days. All right. So let's. Yeah, I know. I get sensitive about stupid stuff like that, yeah. but whatever. I'm human. So, what should we? How should we going forwards? What's senior your producer slash talent? Seniors producer slash talent slash yes, that's board how runner. Right? Yeah. I'm not, I am just the board up at heart ultimately. All right. Well, uh, this is getting really long. Actually, yeah, now. we're probably hitting almost an hour. So, uh, appreciate you if you've made it this far through the podcast. Congratulations. Here's the secret word. For a million dollars. No. Listen, we should do if, one of those yeah, contests. Yeah, let's do that right now. Let's yeah. do that right now. We'll give people a free Dan Patrick Show t-shirt. A do free a secret word. path t-shirt. Because we have a bunch of them. Yeah. A free OTSP. We, unfortunately, have a huge stack of We have a very t-shirts. large stack. Well, we never tried to sell them. <laughs> We've never put. tried to sell them, no. No. Um, maybe we, we could toss them in. The okay, what is the secret word that people can tweet at us? Godzilla. Godzilla. Okay. Godzilla. If you if you're the first person to tweet Godzilla, how about the first ten people? The first ten people to tweet Godzilla will get 
An off the seat and path. An off the seat and path T-shirt. Very exclusive. Very, very exclusive. Yeah. All right. Great. Cool. Uh, we'll go ahead and do that. And again, thanks again for listening. Um, this was really a lot of fun. And thank you, Brendan, for uh, your work. Mm-hmm. Thank you, uh, Pat. Pat. Pat Lindberg. Pat Lindberg, who uh, has shot a bunch of stuff with us for Off yeah. the Seat and Path. He's uh, really great to work with, and he, you know, there's a video version of this that's available on the internet. I encourage everybody to go listen to that or watch that, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but Pat's done a great job working with us, and he's uh, he's been a lot of help. Uh, thank you, Mario Miranda, who helps edit everything mm-hmm. back in Milford. Anybody I'm missing there that helps? Um, and uh, East Coast, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much everybody. Yeah. Um, and then anybody who helped sweeten it or something like that in L.A., I'm not sure who did that, but uh, thanks. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you, Brendan. I appreciate all your hard work. Thank you, Cecil. All right, see ya. Bye.